uh, one of the things that one of the things that causes conflicts is the fact that <clears throat> with people there are unmet needs. Amen. Uh, un, uh, most conflict starts with the fact that a person's needs are not being met. Amen. And oftentimes, when when our needs are not being met and our wants, Amen. What happens is we take it out on people. You ever did that before? You get mad and you just took it out on somebody. Come on, somebody. Amen. Y'all ain't trying him. And then, then I told you about the um, second thing I told you. Uh, the second thing I told you is that uh, there are the the escape responses, right, to conflict. And what anybody remember that? Well, what are the escape responses? Anybody remember the escape responses? Uh, I tell you. First one is denial, right? Second one is flight. Amen. I don't want. I don't have to deal with you. I don't want to be around you. You know what I'm saying? I rather. I rather move around. Come on, y'all. Uh, I rather move around, and so flight is sometimes how we deal with conflict, right? And then lastly, I told you suicide, right? People get to a point where they can't handle it anymore. Amen. And when people lose all hope of resolving a conflict, you know, people take their lives over, over, uh, over other people, uh, over, over other people. Do you know how many people do that? Amen. Marriage doesn't work out. Uh, family member rejected you, whatever the case may be. But I want to tell you something. You and I should never lose hope. No matter, you know, let me say this. I know what this is about. I know what this feels like. You know, sometimes we, we run from situations. We don't want to deal with people. Uh, but the key thing is that we have to learn that there isn't a situation, there's not a situation, amen, that can cause you to come to a point where you want to end your life, all right? Don't ever get, to, if, now listen, if you feel that way, then you, not, you need to call somebody, amen. Don't try to do this thing on your own, all right? Don't try to do, and I'm talking some real stuff because some of us, we have some, we have some unresolved things that we haven't dealt with and, and it, sometimes it leaves us hopeless, but he's a God of hope, y'all. Come on. He's a God of hope. And don't allow circumstances in your life with people, y'all, with people, amen, to cause you to feel like there's no hope. Amen. Because the God we serve. Come on, somebody. Go to Psalm 150. Let's just start there. Father, we thank you for your word. Bless us now. Forgive us of our sins. We are here to, to receive a word from you, God. Uh, impart this word in the hearts of your people now. In Jesus' name, amen. And thank God. Amen. Look what, I just want to show you something. If you don't know how to, if you don't know how to, how to have hope, go to Psalm 150. And that's the way you get your hope from. Somebody read it for me. Where do you get your hope from? Hmm? Praise, y'all. Praise. Come on. Praise. Whatever it is that you may find yourself dealing with this morning. Whatever it is. I just got a sneaky suspicion that somebody is dealing with something this morning. But let me help you with something. 
we have to learn how to praise our way through. Amen. The psalmist said, well, look at this. He gives us a reason to praise, huh? He says, praise the Lord. Praise God in his what? Ah, there it is. There it is. So, so, so first of all, there's a proper place to praise. Come on, somebody. Amen. The next thing there is a proper posture for praise. Amen. And there's a, always a purpose to praise. Amen. <laughs> Amen. He says, praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty expanse. Praise him for his mighty what? Deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with, tr he said, he moved this thing now to the band. You know what I mean? He said, praise him with what? Trumpet and sound. Praise him with harp and lyre. Praise him with tremble and dancing. Praise him with what? Stringed instrument and pipe. Praise him with loud cymbals. So whenever you come into praise, right, into the sanctuary, listen, uh, the sanctuary has nothing to do with, well, first of all, let me say this. I know you want to be quiet and cute, but listen, there's supposed to be a ruckus going on up in here. And can I tell you something? Satan will always try to suppress your praise. He'll always try to, yeah, yeah, he'll try to silence you. He'll try to put you in predicaments where you, well, we don't want you singing that loud, or we don't want you doing this this way, or we don't want you doing it that way. But can I tell you something? It's hard not to praise God when you think about, oh, I wish I had somebody this morning. When you think about, I'm just, listen, all you got to do is think. Well, all you got to do is say la. You know what say la means in the Psalms? It means to pause. Whenever you read the Psalms and it says, Selah, every now and then you got to pause, amen, and hit rewind. Oh, Lord have mercy. You have to pause and hit what? Rewind. And here's what you pause and, and rewind and, and rewinding about. You're reminding yourself, come on somebody, about how good and how excellent and how wonderful. So when it comes down to me taking my life, listen, this precious thing that God has, listen, I know I'm going through something right now. I know my back is against the wall. I know I don't know what to do, but my eyes, hey, I, I'm saying one more time. My eyes are stayed on you. He says, praise him with resounding symbols. Let everything, mm, let everything that has breath. Ah, you know what? If, I, if you're going to be a peacemaker, you got to be a praiser. And I came here today, I said, man, listen, I want to see a repeat. How come we can't have a repeat from last week? I, we're not going through this worship service today the same way we did two weeks ago. Mm -mm, we ain't doing that. We're going to, it's a mandate. We're going to praise him. And I'm, I'm going to challenge you that in spite of what you're going through right now, amen, we're going to praise God. 
in spite of whatever we've been through, whatever conflicts we've had with people, whatever disagreements we've had, do you know that it's Satan that causes all that? He, watch this, he causes it, but we have to respond differently to it. So we ain't going to give him all the credit. I've been teaching you how to handle conflict. Amen. And, and so, so the question is, so we went to those, uh, the, 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 the slippery slope and then we looked at, uh, we looked at, uh, the escape response. Now I want to show you the attacking response. People tend to use attack response when they're more interested in controlling others and getting their way than in preserving a relationship. All right? So some people run. How many of you are runners? How many of you are runners? I don't run. I like to, I, man, shoot, man, whoa. <laughs> No runners in the house. Good. All right. But, but, but we got to work on y'all. <laughs> yeah. If y'all them attackers, we got to come, come on now. We got to take that bite out of you. Okay. You can bark, but don't bite. All right. <laughs> Amen. People tend to use the attack response to assault. So, so the first thing is, the, I'm sorry, the attack response. And the first thing is, write this down, is they assault. That's the first thing they do. Some people try to overcome an, uh, uh, an opponent by using various forms of force and intimidation, such as, you ready? Uh, verbal attacks. Amen. Uh, gossip. Slander. Uh-huh. Physical violence. Or an effort to damage the person financially or professionally. You got people at your job trying to do you in. Amen. For real. They're trying to do you in because that's, that's what they are. They are attacking. Amen. But, but what you got to do, <laughs> you know what I mean? You got to understand that uh, if you stay still and you respond like a Christian, Come on, somebody. Amen. You heard what I said? You respond like a Christian. Now, I'm going to say this to you, okay? Let me just be real with you, okay? Sometimes it's hard to respond like a Christian when you're in the midst of the moment of the situation. Okay? So, So as you mature, as you get better, as you get stronger, you have to be more in tune with the Holy Spirit. This is why you got to be prayed up before you walk through them doors. Amen. And if you walk in praising God, the demons will have to leave because guess what? Praise is like allergy to the devil. And when you walk, I'm telling you, you put on the full armor, but something about that praise, there's something about that praise that gets the devil to, he can't stay around here. When you get into your heart and say, you know what, I'm going to praise God. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to focus on the situation. I'm going to focus on the God who's in control of the situation. Do I have somebody? Go to Acts chapter 6 for me. Amen. Acts chapter 6. God is always in control of the situation, y'all. He is sovereign. He's real. He's relevant. He's right now. He's a, come on somebody. Go to verse 1 for me. Let me show you something. 
Somebody read that for me. Let me show you what happened right after the church got started. You know, when people are, there's problems. But do you know that prejudice exists everywhere? I think the worst form of hatred is racism. I believe, not I think, I believe that the worst form of hatred is racism. Amen. And what we find here in Acts chapter 8, we, 6, we find that uh, racism had already existed back then. Somebody read that for me. Verse 1. A complaint. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh-huh. All right. So you have the Hellenistic Jews, right? That that Those were Jews who adopted the Greek language. That's why they're called Hellenistic Jews, right? They adopted the Hebrew language, right? But, but here's the thing. I'm sorry, the Greek language. The Greek language. They adopted the Greek language and much of the Greek culture, so they were called Hellenistic Jews. And then they said what? Against the what? Native, native what? Hebrews. So, so what we find, what we find here is that here it is that all of the same body, <laughs> the body of Christ. Come on, let's talk about it, right? Amen. But, but because they want pure Jew, amen, the other Jews felt entitled. And so for some reason, this type of stuff that happens in church sometimes, you know, you know, some people feel entitled because of certain things. Amen. You got to be careful of those churches that have VIP sections. Come on, somebody. Y'all ain't trying to hear me. Amen. You're causing division. You know, we're having a conference and you want to charge for VIP access. Come on, man. Jesus never did that. That's something else. But go ahead. Look, look, look what the complaint was about. See, the, first, the second fight in church was about food. First fight was about money. Got to read your Bible. <laughs> Amen. What were they doing? They were overlooking the widow. Can you picture this in church? They all had contributed. But certain people were being overlooked. And, and this, stuff, this stuff is deep, y'all. If I was God, I wouldn't put all this in the Bible. I, you know what I mean? To say, nah, man, shoot, I ain't putting that in there. Right? Look what he says. He says, so the, so the 12 summoned uh, the congregation of the disciples and said, it is, it is, so, the, so the 12 summoned the congregation and what? Of the disciples and said, for us to do what? See, here, here's what the devil is always after. Now, let, not, let, let, me, let me just say this. Somebody asked me something the other day. Uh, is there anything wrong with being a bivocational pastor? I said nothing wrong with it. Bivocational means he has a job. And then he, you know, he preached, he pastors, right? I said, nothing wrong with it, but here's the thing. When you go to your job, right, 
and you can't give them 100% because you got to be over here. What do you think what do you think that does to them over here the main job? I know you got a part-time job but your main job you can't give them everything. Right? You know what I mean? And but 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 I'll say this. Watch this now. Satan will always cause allow conflict. Amen. So that we will neglect the main thing. And that is the word of God. The study of the word of God and prayer. And so if the enemy, what the enemy does is he causes a lot of conflict in the church. A lot of issues, a lot of things popping up all over the place, right? And, and who, do people, who do the people come to complain first to? The pastor. What does the pastor got to do then? pastor got to stop doing what he's doing, right? Now, here's the thing. There's certain things he has to take care of. Certain conflicts he has to deal with. But when it comes down to talking about food, <laughs> Come on, y'all. I mean, I mean, look, who, where where are you gonna park or your preferences and you know, brother such such didn't say hi to me and such such didn't say hi to me or bye to me and all kinds of stuff. Here's the thing: the enemy will always try to do something to the man of God. Watch this, so that he will not be effective in the delivery of the word of God. Can I tell you something? The more time I spend in study the stronger I become. The more time I spend in prayer, the more available I am to God for prayer, for praying for you. And I, and I really pray for you. Amen. I really do. I really pray for you, right? But, but check this out. There's an assault going on here. And, and so the disciples said, hey, hold on, man. He says, so the 12, the 12 summoned the congregation of the disciples and said, is it not desirable for us to neglect the what? The word of God in order to serve tables. Satan is a distractor, y'all. He says, therefore, brethren, select from among you seven men of good reputation. What else? Full of the what? The Holy Spirit and of wisdom whom we may put in charge of this task. But we will devote ourselves to what? Prayer and to the ministry of the what? Listen, you if, if you care anything about your spiritual life, you and I should make sure that our pastor doesn't have to want for nothing. Amen. That what I'm saying is that his main focus is the word and prayer. Make sure of that. Make sure that you make that your mandate in life as a believer that I'm going to make sure because when my pastor comes to preach to me on Sunday morning, when he comes to deliver that word from God fresh from heaven's desk, amen, I want to make sure that it's God and not him having to deal with this, having to deal with that. That's why God has given him deacons and preachers around him so that he can make sure that certain things are being taken care of so that he cannot neglect. Listen to the word. The word says what? Neglect. Can I say something to you? The devil is trying to cause some conflict in your life right now to cause you to neglect. Watch this. The word of God. And sometimes, amen, that conflict may show up in a nice package. 
Amen. And you don't realize that it's been about two weeks since you prayed. It's been five weeks since you really read the word of God with intention. Now watch this. Do you want that kind of preacher coming up here on Sunday morning and feeding you malarkey? <laughs> Amen. Giving you what he's got left over? Or do you want someone who has the time to study and pray and prepare and get you ready for where you're going? Do I have somebody? Amen. He said, listen, y'all, pick some men, but not just any men. Watch this. Watch what he said. He says, men full of the what? No, first of all, they must have a good what? Reputation. In other words, not just a good reputation in church, but a good reputation at home. A good reputation uh, at the job. A good reputation at the corner store. You understand what I'm saying? Amen. He says, what else? He says, and, and choose, I'm sorry, uh, he says what? And full of the what? See, the, the thing about it is, full of the spirit and of wisdom. See, that's the key. I believe that the key to overcoming every conflict is that we have to, that's in my message today. Watch this. We have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. First of all, you got to have the spirit. And you, can I tell you something? You know why things look the way it does in our lives sometimes? Because we're not looking by way of the spirit. We're looking through our fleshly eyes. That's why we lose hope. That's why we don't have hope. That's why we, 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 we're like, man, you know, my only response is to attack. Amen. Watch this. What he says? He says... Uh, full of the spirit. And why does he need wisdom? Because he needs wisdom to make the right decisions. What is wisdom? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Right? Because God will give you what you need to learn how to handle whatever difficult situations that you run into. Right? So it's amazing how the disciples already had the solution. And the solution is to select certain men to be over the task. Oh, man, I'm trying to help myself today. Watch this. We're not just going to choose anybody. We got to make sure that whatever we're doing, we're doing it in the spirit and we're doing it with wisdom. That's a formula right there. Amen. Watch what he says. Watch what he says. Verse 5, it says, uh, and he says, verse 4, he says, but, uh, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and the mystery of the word. The statement found approval with the whole congregation. They voted and they chose Stephen, a man what? Uh-huh. Who else did they pick? Philip, Prochorus, Nicarno, Timon, Parmenas, Nicholas, Apostolate, and from Antioch. And these they brought before the apostles. And after praying, they laid hand, they laid their hands on them. Now, why did they lay hands on them? They laid hands on them to separate them. To say that they, these men are separated for the work of God. 
Amen. When I got ordained, when the, when you were deacon and you got ordained, you m- men laid hands on you to say symbolically that was setting you apart for the work of God. Are you with me? You said, what does this have to do with conflict? I'm going to show you what it has to do with conflict. Keep reading. And these they brought before the apostles and after what? Praying they laid hands on them. Verse 7. And the word of God kept on what? Spreading. And the number of disciples did what? Keep reading. All right. Now notice, after the church has its first conflict, <laughs> after they come up with a solution, did anybody, did, did, they, did, they, did they attack? Did they, no, they, what did they do? They, they attacked the problem, not the persons. They could have said, you Hellenistic Jews, they could have had a whole conference. But notice what they did, y'all. They, the, the disciples went for the, whenever you find yourself in a conflict, ask yourself the person that you're having the conflict with, what is the solution? I know we've already talked about the, I know we've already talked about the problem. But what is the solution? And after the solution, don't bring, listen, don't bring up the past. Leave the past in the, listen, we done been over that, y'all. And don't say immediately if you happen to bump back into the same old attitude again. Don't say, see, ain't nothing changed. No, that ain't it. You got to praise God that you made progress. See, I don't think many of us give ourselves credit. Give yourself a little bit more credit. Tell your neighbor, I'm trying. I'm, 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 I'm trying. I'm. Listen, at least give me props for trying. Amen. Come on, somebody. Come on now. Amen. Notice. Now, and notice this. After the conflict, see, you don't have to leave your church. Watch this. After the conflict, right? Watch this. The church begins to grow. So whenever there's an issue in church, bring it to the, bring it to the pastor. Amen. And then possibly the pastor will come up with a solution. And if he doesn't have a solution, he's got some people around him who can help him come up with a solution. See? And oftentimes that's what the problem is with most people because they're not spirit filled. They take it personal. Listen, as long as you're in church, you're going to have issues. We're going to have issues, y'all. We're not perfect. But it's how we handle. Why is God preparing us as a church on how to be peacemakers? Because I believe God is going to unload some people in this church, and we're going to have to be that example to them, not to give up on them, Amen. Understand that everybody's coming. When you see somebody coming here with their hung, head hung low and, you know, you don't have to say, what's wrong with you? No, it's going to be all right, sister. It's going to be all right, brother. You follow what I'm saying? I've been there before. I Listen, I've been there before. So, But now what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to just be a light to them. I don't have to dig into all their problems and stuff, but just be an example so that they can get what you have. Because the truth be told, you wasn't always where you are right now. Come on, help me. I know it's taken me a long time to get out of this, but uh, it's just that good. Keep reading for me, somebody. And Stephen. Now, let me just say this. 
I, I, I got to say it again. Let me say, after the conflict, the church starts to grow. Isn't that something? It's always after a trial, you'll find yourself growing. Come on, somebody. Because either you learn from it or you get stuck in it. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And a lot of us sometimes, we're still stuck in the past. We, we, can't, we just can't get over it. But, but you got to learn how to get over that stuff, man, so that you can press on. So if you don't see any growth after the conflict, then you got to check yourself and ask yourself, am I still stuck in the past? See, you know what I love about believers? Well, well mature believers, that is. If I, if I offend you and I apologize, and if you offend me and, I, and you apologize, it's done with me, with me. I'm not thinking about you in that light anymore because you have come to a place of repentance and I have to. Amen. And we can resolve that thing and keep moving. But if every time I come around you, I'm thinking about the offense that you did, then I ain't forgave you. See, if anything, I should love you more now than I did before because I got to meet the real you. Will the real you stand up? Stand up. Slim Shady. Come on. <laughs> Come on. You know, when, when he wrote that song, Eminem, when he, when he wrote that song and he said, that when, will the real Slim Shady stand up? He was talking about his alter ego. He was talking about the other guy in him who would go out and kill and murder and all this other stuff. That's, that's who he was talking about. He created him an alter ego. And basically, they heard him speak what? In other words, they influenced other people to lie on him. Come on, man. Now, you know what? Can I say this? If somebody lies on you, why do you trip out so much? (laughs) If it ain't true, So it must be true then, huh? If you lie on me, why respond? You don't have to defend a lie when it's a lie. Look what he says. He says, we have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. Verse 12, and they stirred up the people. See? See that? See what people, see manipulation at its best. And the elders and the scribes, and they came up, uh, Came up, came up to him and dragged him away and brought him before the what? Before the council. What? Watch this. And they put forth false witnesses who said this man has what? Incessantly speaks against the holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that the, this Nazarene Jesus will destroy this place and alter the customs with Moses with Moses handed down to us, which Moses handed down to us, and fixing their gaze on him, all of the council, all who were sitting in the council, saw his face like the face of an angel. Now, I want to tell you, if you keep reading, Stephen is the one that gets, he gets killed later, right, next chapter. Stoned to death. Because of a lie. 
And some of us, yeah, we may have been, we've been stoned to death by a lie, but you don't have to defend a lie because when you stand before your accusers and you stand in wisdom and you don't say a mumbling word, what they're going to see, they will be convicted by. But oftentimes in marriages and, and things like that, we don't respond like this. You know, we, we want to have the last word. But if you're going to be a peacemaker, you cannot assault people. Listen, if you assault your spouse, what good is going to come out of it? And that's the very person that you have to settle down with later on in the afternoon. Amen. Or at your job or whatever the case may be. But what, we have, what we're learning is that we're not going to escape the situation, but we're not going to attack. Amen. Amen. We'll pick up next week on the rest of this amazing study we've been doing on how to become a peacemaker. Amen? Amen. See, let me say this. Your peace is not predicated on where you are. You could be in the midst of the worst situation in life and still have peace because peace resides in you. And it's your response to the storm that dictates whether or not you're going to keep your peace. All right? So, so, so we have to learn that we have to stop being so quick to pop off at the mouth. Amen? And what we have to learn to do is we have to learn how to respond by not attacking the person, but attacking the problem. And when you attack the problem, then you'll see that God is really working through the problem, through the person, to make you better. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for what we have seen. We know that we will have conflict in this life, but you're teaching us, Lord, how to become peacemakers and overcomers. We thank you now in Jesus' name.